Well, welcome back, podcasters, to the Leaders and Mentors podcast. Um, you know, in, in, in my experience, in my lifetime, there's certain people that you get to know, and there's certain people out there that you know that you need to know. And, uh, you know, I don't know quite how I met, remember how I met my next guest on the podcast. I just knew that at one time I needed to meet him. I knew he was friends with my father, and... Um, you know, it's just uh, kind of been a, a friendship that's been uh, created over the last 20, 25 years. And uh, for the people listening to the podcast today, can you state your name and your current position, if you would, in education? Yeah, my name is Mike Jurisak, and currently I'm an at-risk coordinator at uh, Concord Community Schools, Concord, Michigan. Mike's been uh, a friend of our family for many, many years between the Albion and the Concord area. Um, Mike was a person I knew I had to get on the podcast, as I've talked about before, just for their story to be told. Um, he's touched many lives and uh, in both communities, um, not only from the personal standpoint, but also the, uh, the athletic uh, arena as well. So, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Are you ready to get this going? Yes, sir. Thank you very much for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, Mike, I uh, definitely understand your current role, but in my years of knowing you, you've held a number of teaching and coaching and administrative roles in your, in your, uh, uh, in your tenure in, in education. Can you elaborate on that? I think even going back to what, to St. John's in Albion? Is that correct? Yep. Actually, that's where, that's where I started, Mike teaching career was uh, St. John's uh, school in Albion. Started in 81, mm-hmm. just that uh, first year after college, and uh, taught there for four years, and then got an opportunity to move to Albion High School, and I started there in 85, and I coached it, taught and coached at Albion High School for 29 years until they closed the high school, mm-hmm. which was a, kind of a dark stain on the history of Albion, but yep. that's another story. Yep. Um, and then got lucky and landed a position at uh, Concord Schools and have been there for the last, well, I guess this must be my fifth year at Concord. So I've been in education since 81, so yeah, it's going on almost 40 years now. Sure. Wow. Not looking to retire yet, huh? No, not really. I still enjoy it. I enjoy working with the kids. And, sure. Uh, kind of a little bit different, different uh, setup with being an at-risk coordinator, but it's something I guess I... I Come to enjoy. As long as you enjoy it, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's why we got into this uh, this field in the first place. So, so all right, Mike, take us back to the early years, Mike Jurasek. I usually do this with all my guests. Um, you grew up in Concord, right? I did. Yes, I did. What did your parents do for a living? What was the family like? What was the Jurasek household like? And I'll be honest with you, Mike. Uh, you know, as a uh, as a young uh, pudgy kid growing up in Albion when I was little. I think your brother played basketball for Albion College. Is that correct? He did. Yep, Brian, my older brother, Brian. Radar. Uh, yeah, Radar was his nickname. Yeah, played for Albion College, and they uh, ended up, I think, finishing third in the nation his yep. junior year. Yep. And then he, he got a knee injury and didn't, you know, kind of hampered his senior season. But mm-hmm. you know, you know, so growing up, I mean, he, Brian and I were awful close. I mean, he was. Um, he's one year ahead of me, so he was a senior and I was a junior okay. kind of in high school. So we, you know, I mean, that was no video games back in those days, so everything kind of centered around mm-hmm. getting out and just 
playing in the backyard, you know, football, basketball, baseball, didn't matter. Running, because I guess we were both into running too. And, right. Uh, you know, so that, yeah, Concord was a, it was a good place to grow up. You know, like just kind of a side note, we were both, all of us were born in Canada, actually. So I'm a Canadian. Huh. Actually, have dual citizenship. Uh, but, you know, we were born in Canada. My parents, uh, my dad was kind of, you know, the patriarch of the family and uh, had been working at uh, Ford and Chrysler mm-hmm. in Detroit, living in Canada, but working in uh, in Detroit, and okay. then uh, had an opportunity to go to work in Albion mm-hmm. at Union Steel. So mm. uh, the whole family moved to Albion, sure. uh, lived there for, you know, four or five years, and then uh, he bought a house and, and kind of kind of a shell of a house in, in Concord, and my dad was quite a, uh, he was an engineer and just could do just about anything. He kicked his house and just, between all of us, uh, my older brother Brian, mm-hmm. my sister Charlene, and my younger brother Steve, we, we built this house from a shell into a, into a really nice place, put a swimming pool in, and, you know, sure. don't put a garage, so we just, yeah, it was, it was fun growing up in Concord. So... Uh, are your parents still with us? Do they live in the Concord area still? Do any of the siblings around live around the area, Mike, or no? Yeah, uh, actually, yeah, my mom, my dad passed in 2009. Okay. Uh, he, he had started, he kind of branched off from uh, Union Steel and started his own industry, uh, his material handling industry, Sigma, the mm-hmm. station out of Springport and okay. Marshall. Right. So, yeah, and then he retired and kind of worked with his whole life, and I think that was kind of like part of that thing. It's, uh, but then my mom is still alive. She's 83 years old and still lives in the Concord area. Nice. My brother Brian lives in Jackson. Yep. Um, my sister Charlene lives in uh, Richland, okay. Richland, Michigan. Okay. And my brother, my brother Steve lives in Elmhurst, Illinois, okay. suburb of Chicago. Very nice. All runners or no? Uh, yeah, in fact, everybody was a runner. Um, you know, I guess one of the, the, the driving influences of, like, you know, you say early childhood was, uh, the first coach that really had a tremendous impact on me was Chip King. Okay. He was a legend at Concord. He won, I think, 14 state championships in cross country and, you know, girls and boys. Mm-hmm. So he, and, and he got us all to run, you know, so, and, uh, yeah, that was a, So you really answered one of my questions. uh, Is that why Concord is known for its running mic over the last 40, 50 years, 30, 40 years? Yeah, definitely, definitely a king. You know, and, 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 you know, just some of the people that he had that ran for him that are now coaching, like David Jordan is, you know, the head cross-country coach, and David has won, you know, multiple cross-country state championships, and, you know, track coach, the girls track coach Graduated from Concord High School. You went on, if I'm not mistaken, you ran in college, did you not? I did. I did. Actually, right out of uh, high school, I went to Jackson Community College. Right. And I, I actually ran and played basketball. I played mm-hmm. basketball one year and I ran one year. I kind of funny. Uh, uh, my head coach at basketball over there was Dick Versace. Oh. And Dick Versace sure. you know, went on to. You know, the first head coach of the Vancouver Grizzlies, which are now yeah. the Memphis Grizzlies. Right. 
those names that you know Kevin Willis and, and Versace yep. that they were actually at at JCC back in the day yep they were and then yeah Dick Versace went to uh, Bradley University sure. and then from Bradley to, to Vancouver so yeah yep gotcha so did you uh, you went on from there obviously to got your bachelor's degree your undergrad degree where'd you go uh, Albion College huh? and I'm going to Albion College it was you know again close to home and sure never really screened that far away from there yeah who went to Albion High School in that era, and you say those two names, they they were like Abbott and Costello, or, and I'm Yeah, oh, they were. And I mean... I don't, know, yeah, I don't know what it says about me, but those are my two idols, or my two yeah, <laughs> role yeah. models, but no, yeah. they really are great people. And, yeah, you bet. Yeah. You bet. So, great segue. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about Albion High School, Mike. Um, you know, I, I, I use... The term, it's kind of where you cut your teeth and becoming a, and that's where everybody knows you from. That's where everybody knows your success from, your your persona, your, um, the way you carry yourself, becoming a successful coach at, in track and cross country there. Um, how many years did you coach each of those at Albion? And um, let's go on from there. Yeah, um, so my first year there, I was, I was the assistant coach. Uh, in track and field. I worked for Jamie Garnett was the head mm-hmm. boys coach. Mm-hmm. And so he, he was that first year. And, and at that time, I was the head cross-country coach at Albion College. Oh. So, so yeah, I was fairly young. I was, I don't know what I had to be, like 25, 24, 25 years old. I was the head men's cross-country coach at Albion College. And, but I think I had always wanted to kind of get 
into being a, a high school coach. Uh, the next year, I guess that first year, we uh, we were okay. The, mm -hmm. the, the, we did not have a lot of turnout in Albion. You know, mm -hmm. when I started there, there was about 900 kids in the high school. Sure. Which is, which was, you know, we were a big class B school. You bet. And we didn't mm -hmm. really track people out. Then Jamie retired and I took it over the next year. And I think we went from having, uh, we scored 12 points that first year I was an assistant coach. And then the next year we were regional champs. Right. And top 10 in the state. So it just, and, and really what it was, was just numbers. I could, I was in the building and I could recruit. Mm -hmm. And just got a bunch of people out, and and they're as you know, because you're an Albion High School grad, yep. and you know you can actually a student of mine. I don't know if you remember that. That's probably where we met. I, I do. Back back in the day. Yep. I mean, um, but so they, uh, you know, so that was uh, uh, I took over the cross country position probably five years later in the early nineties, mm -hmm. and and that helped. Uh, it helped just with, you know, being able to coach the distance runners my way because I was relying on, you know, the other cross-country coach to do it. And uh, sure. so and it really built, helped build the program a little bit. And I think that was a, a major turning point to the track and cross-country programs at LB. You, uh, you've, you've been blessed with a number of, uh, and I don't bring this up often with when I speak to people of, of your nature, but uh, you had a, some really great assistant coaches. And I know that's huge, especially in track and field, um, from Dan Davis and, and, and yeah. Bradshaw and Dale Bannister and, and even Willie Lewis and Rod Ferguson helping yeah. you, you out. Uh, that's yeah. important. That was important to your um, success, if I'm not mistaken. Well, without a doubt, and, and you know, I I always say this: it's not. There, there's a couple things. It's not. It's really not. You know, me. It's mm -hmm. it's us. It's mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not. And it's not just the coaches. It's the kids too, because the kids have to buy into that program. But with you know, like Dan Davis. Dan Davis is like he really is a brother sure. from another mother. We, yeah. We we think so light on so many things, not just on you know track and field and cross country issues, but just as mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. trying to raise young men and young women, you know, the right way to do the right thing, not only on on the track but in the classroom, Absolutely. In the community, you know, those kind of things. It's just it, it's more than just the, the athletic part of the the picture. For sure. So you know, Dan has been the club. You know, Brad said. Mm -hmm. Brad still is a close friend, and we go back a long ways. You bet. Yeah, you know, so yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, Willie Lewis is still, you know, yeah. Just it takes just, a village. It takes yes, a village. It, it really does, for sure. So. You know, <laughs> Jerry, we could have a whole podcast on this next question, but what are some of your favorite memories and teams? Um, I know, gosh, you know, and I, I, I wish my history was exact in this case, but, I mean, in the 90s and, and early, mid-2000s, you had some great, great yeah. track, track teams, women's and men's uh, yeah. at Albion. Can you talk a little bit about those? And that's not even necessarily the most successful ones, but some of your favorite ones and those experiences, and uh, maybe a story or two you can share. Well, you know, there's, yeah, it could be, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing that's so rewarding and enriching about coaching is just, you know, just dealing with young people and, yeah. and, and having them realize their potential. Yep. You know, what, 
kind of been through that stuff. Like I, mm-hmm. when I was in Concord, Coach King, we were our state camp and cross country, and that that meant a lot to me. And I, I still remember those days. Right. That you know of everything our team went through, but but you know it's just um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, gosh, there's so many characters and so many people that I can't even oh, yeah. begin to start. But but you know some of the what Carl Brown is somebody that sticks in my mind. Carl was a, you know, just mm-hmm. a three-sport athlete, real good athlete at Albion High School. You bet. Uh, went on to, went on to uh, junior college and then mm-hmm. ended up at Siena Heights and was a two-time mm-hmm. national champion in the discus. And then from there, they actually picked him up on the U.S. Olympic team yep. uh, training, the training center. And he went to train and, you know, he represented us in two world championships. He went to Finland and he went to Spain. I kind of followed him around, you know, uh, went to New York with him and out in California. Yep. He, he, in 2000, he should have made the Olympic team. He was number one rated discus thrower in the nation, and he finished fourth in the Olympic trials. So, yeah. you know, but so Kyle, uh, Gene LeBron is yep. is an amazing story. Gene, uh, you, you know, just was really the, the him and the Hallahans, Ion and Bison Hallahan. <laughs> I was just you going know. to mention both those names. You <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, those are great stories right there. Yeah, you know, Ion took to running right away. Mm-hmm. And then Bison, Bison. Bison's just, you know, you know, I don't know if you remember Bison, but I, he, he, Bison had, he had 17 tattoos before yep. tattoos were popular. Yep. And yep. he smoked a pack. He smoked a pack of cigarettes a day, and you know he went to the state meet to watch his brother run as a sophomore in track. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and then after the meet, Ion and I were going to go for a cool down. And I said, Bison, why don't you come with us to cool down? Yeah. And you know, this is a kid that smokes a pack a day, and yeah. he, he ended up jogging the cool down with us. And from that point on, he started running. Awesome. And, you know, and, and he quit smoking and became an all-state runner, and mm-hmm. you know, it changed his life. You know, and, and that's the stuff that, that's, you know, he may not have been as good as his brother, but he was still an outstanding runner, his own right, ran in college. Yep. You know, so those are the life-changing stories that really make a difference. And that's what that's what I was getting at. It's those stories, the legacy that you got. Well, do you want to call it a legacy or not? And I know you, and you're very modest, but you have you have created a legacy in those young people who are now you know adults and they've gone on to coach their own teams. I mean, Gene's got great success. Oh, yeah. What in Ithaca, correct? Yeah, Ithaca. He's won a, a track state title and a cross country state title, so he's. Yeah, it takes a village, as we said before, and I tell you, you know, uh, you go back to Marianne Egnatuck's teams, the girls' swim teams. You also had a number of families around that were helping you. I know at the time, and and uh, um, like I said, it it takes a village to kind of uh, bring out the best in in individuals, and and uh, uh, you definitely had that that uh, culture back then in the, in the 90s and the early early mid 2000s so yep. very good stuff um so you made the trek in your later years uh, just a few years ago going over the concord what was that like mike coming back to your hometown and and um did you plan on becoming the track coach or did it just kind of happen or what happened there yeah it just kind of happened first of all it was it was a surreal experience i i still remember you know from going to school there it, right you know, I mean, Albion had been such a big part of my life, and, you know, I, remember, I still remember one of those poignant moments of walking in, 
just mm-hmm. a building, you know, the first day that I was going to go teach. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it was mm-hmm. it was different, you know, not walking into Elgin High School. And, I can imagine. Um, but it's a great place. I mean, Concord is, you know, they have great administration and, um, yep. you know, just great teachers that care. They, you, they, you know, they can. And I know your kids went there. And, uh, yep. You know, so they, it, it was, not, as far as becoming the track coach, that was, something, you know, there was kind of a, a, a mini movement that they wanted me to coach one of the cross-country teams and mm-hmm. one of the track teams, and, and I wasn't going to do that. That was mm-hmm. one of the things I said. I said, I'm not going to come in here and try to do this. It's just, uh, David Jordan is an unbelievable coach. He just, he's, yeah. you know, does everything right, and, you know. Yep. Um, so, you know, but as time went on, uh, Mark Hershey kind of got out of the coaching and the mm-hmm. position opened up, so that boys track coach came available, and I, they wanted me to take that, so I took that. So, uh, that's right now. Yeah, well, especially with schools of choice, uh, you know, you had students who were in limbo, who were literally on the fence. You know, what? Yeah. Hey, do we go to Albion? Yeah. Do we go to Homer? Do we go to Marshall? Or, excuse me, Marshall or Homer or Springport? Um, and a lot of them, you know, chose Concord, Jer, because of you. And, and they knew you and they had that relate, those relationships with you. And, uh yeah, it's it's. Uh, I had I got to imagine it was a unique situation, especially coming there. You know, in your last uh, last couple of years here, um, and coming back to your to your home school. So, um, was there a difference in how should I say? This? I know kids are kids, but was there a difference in? The expectations, the uh, I guess carrying the success that you had from Albion coming to Concord, like you were saying, was that an expected thing that you would just take over, or was the, uh, the Concord had had success in their own right? So were they were they expecting of you just to come walking in and take that take that role and have the same success? Yeah, you know, I mean, that's the thing. I think part of it. I mean, you touched on it a little bit, as, mm-hmm. and, I, and I've always said this, I mean, a coach is as good as his athletes are. Mm-hmm. I mean, people want to make all this stuff about how what a coach can do, but when, when a kid figures out, you, bet. you know, what he can do, you know, and, and they, they really buy into the program and buy into what you're trying to tell them, mm-hmm. they, they, you know, and it's, that's kind of like true in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, once you decide you're going to do something and you put your whole heart into it, yeah. you know, great things can happen. Yes, and that's what, so when we got an influx of, you know, Albion students with the Concord, which Concord, you're right, has that, that, that history and that legacy mm-hmm. of being a successful running program. It just, yep. it kind of, you know, made things. Meshed well. Yeah, it really did mesh well. The transition and, was and, easy. Yeah, the transition was easy. Like the first couple of years, actually, Dan Davis came over too, mm-hmm. and Dan and I just volunteered. We were volunteer track coaches. I mean, we didn't want to, you know, didn't want to. We weren't pushing to get sure. paid for anything, but we just kind of came out there and volunteered our time. And and then as time went on, you know, positions as they always do, yep. positions open up. So Dan and I both now are, you know, on the staff at Concord as paid coaches. Sure. Sure. Jerry, uh, this is really the, the, the main question I want. I personally, being selfish, wanted to get into. And 
Um, anybody who's known you, whether it's been an athlete, a parent, community member, <laughs> anybody who's crossed paths with you or had the pleasure of crossing paths with you knows that a lot of your success is just on your inherent ability to build relationships, especially with youth. Um, you bring that you know, to the table um, like nobody else. A skill of bringing together athletes, many different backgrounds, cultures, race, what, or otherwise, for the common good athletically and for a team. How? Where do, does that just come naturally to you? Um, can you talk a little bit about that? About building relationships with your athletes, how you go about that, how you gain their trust, and then um, you know, I, I, I'm going to pat you on the back, Jerry. You, I know you won't do this, but you know, you have so many people come back and say. I wish we could run in the juror. I wish we could talk to juror, and you know, and and he's not that hard to find. So uh, I know you have a lot of people come visit in your office and just plop down with you. Talk to me a little bit about you and how you go about building relationships with kids, especially your track and field athletes. Yeah, um, you know, I guess if if you asked a little bit, how did that develop? But I I think. With anything, a lot of it starts with your your parents and your childhood, and mm-hmm. you know. And, and my my family was, you know, were um, were my, my mom and dad were strict, not strict, but they were very devout Catholics mm-hmm. and and very good people. You know, my mom. If, if anyone knows my mom, they know that that lady would, you know, mm-hmm. give the shirt off of her back for anybody. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, just seeing that growing up, I mean, I think that gets ingrained into your into your psyche, into your personality. And, you know, with me, the, the thing, whenever I look at a kid, I just know that that is somebody's child. Right. And I don't care, like, I may see kids in a different, the first time I see them, they may be just going crazy and wilding out and doing mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. But I still say that's somebody's child, and 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 they actually they are always looking for something. They're looking for acceptance. Yep. They're looking for, you know, someone to to look over them. And and actually, those are the kind of kids that I probably mm-hmm. you know that I probably take more of an interest in. Sure. The, the ones that that are that really need that need that kind of help, and and you know. <laughs> You always have just one opportunity to make a first impression. Yep. And that's the thing is I'll, I'll always try to be positive and, you know, caring the first time I meet you know, mm-hmm. a student, a child, somebody. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it just, you kind of build from there. And, let, and, and I let them kind of, you know, sometimes the first couple times they're going to be kind of standoffish. I, I remember that in high school. Every time I walked in the door, and this mm-hmm. is back when we had 900 kids in the building, sure. which is quite a few, sure. I would say good morning to every ch- every kid I saw. Sure. And some of them, I could, I could hear them as they walked by me and say, who's that? Yep. <laughs> yep. Know, they don't know you. That's right. But, but after a while, then, you know, I'd kind of take a look and see who that was and make a point to find that kid again and yeah. just talk, introduce myself, you know, be a caring person, basically. I mean, and that's, that's just a mantra, just a... Just a, a model that I have, you know, it's just yeah uh, to care. I mean, and, and I just, I mean, I, I think that's why I went into education. I yeah. Someone to make a difference that way. I'll tell you, that's been a pattern that I've seen not only during the podcast, but also uh, uh, just in, in speaking to people. It's the successful coaches are the ones that are real. They are real to kids because kids can sniff it out. They can sniff out. Oh, yeah. They can sniff out the BS real quick. And uh, yeah. 
the ones that are the ones that people that are real and um, things come from the heart are the ones that uh, the co- those are the coaches that they're drawn to and that they'll they'll do anything for it. and they'll be there at yeah. six a.m. runs or eight o'clock summer runs or whatever the case may be. Those are the ones that are going to be invested in your program. Yep. Or yeah, in the, yeah. or in the classroom for that matter. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like in the classroom or on the field. You know, like. I, I hear a lot of teachers say, well, we have to teach them, you know, and, and the discipline, and, and, and that is absolutely true, but there are many ways to discipline, you know, to, to get that discipline into a child. Yep. I mean, you can be, like, some people think you just got to yell and be stern with them, and I'm like, no, well, that generally doesn't work. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, you can, if you can find a way to, you know, mm-hmm. really try to find out where, what makes that kid tick, you know, because mm-hmm. everybody likes to be, successful and everybody likes to be you know well liked sure. and, and, and so there's there's ways to to talk to a kid and, and Absolutely. They, they kind of figure it out yeah i know you're going to nod your head at this question but kind of dovetailing off of that were there times in your classroom where the relationships and the culture that you built on the track or on the cross-country course with those kids helped you out in the classroom. It helped you out with your classroom environment. Uh, or even or even the kids who knew of you and knew how you carried yourself with your athletes. Did that help you out in your classroom? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it, it always carries over. I mean, you know, if, if the way that you treat people is what you're going to get back. And if you... You know, I mean, again, I hear this both way in the education field. I, I hear teachers say, well, they need to respect, you know, the kids mm-hmm. need to respect me. Mm-hmm. Well, what kind of respect do you give to start? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we really don't know as, you know, as, as an educator, and you know this, is yep. we, we don't know the whole story That's right. behind what goes on in everybody's family. And, and, yep. and I don't want to make it worse for somebody. If exactly. anything, I'd like to make it better. Yep. And, and, and. Yeah, with my my athletes, like I've had them multiple times, you know, mm-hmm. speak up. And, and I generally didn't have that many problems in, in right. my classroom. Right. But if it did happen, yeah, there were times that yep. that, that they had my back. Just a look from from Carl or somebody of that nature. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Brown. Oh my gosh, I, we could tell stories oh, about yeah. Carl Brown oh, all yeah. day. Yep. That, here, just really quick. I don't know if I can tell one or not. But Go ahead. It, he, so that first year coaching, I mean, I, the, the track program was kind of in shambles. We had like we had like two shot puts. Yeah. We had. We had like uh, like maybe two or three discs, and one of them was a wooden disc. And you know, so and I, and I was going back and forth between like trying to do everything sprint, distance, field events. Um, I went down to, to practice one day, and we had like six shot puts and like seven discs. Like the guys, so kind of, where did we get to those posts? We found them like in the back of the shed back there. They were in the back. They just were, came back, you know, two weeks later, you know, just. I didn't really look for this stuff, but they, we had like 16 shot puts and, and you know, and, and I was like, Carl, and he goes, man, I said, all right, we're going to end up, we're going to give all of these back to wherever these came from. So that was, but, but the, the kicker was one day we had a, uh, we had a dual meet at Battle Creek Lakeview and there was a Battle Creek Lakeview, it said Lakeview on the hurdle, the hurdle was on the bus. 
the hurdle was on the bus, and I said, calm down, bring that hurdle back to the track. <laughs> you know, it was just those kind of things. Oh. Carl, it was, it was just, it was, oh. Carl was, uh, he was, a, he was something else. Oh, I hope Carl hears this, because he's probably going to, his cheeks are going <laughs> to be sore with laughter there. Well, I hope, I think the statue, the statute of limitations is probably over, so we're yeah, good. Yeah, you're done, yeah. The first, the first, uh, <laughs> uh, league title that that Albion won in track in a while because you know we had really great athletes but sure. the first league title we won in cold water and I remember Kyle came walking up with like he had like 16 hot dogs <laughs> like they were wrapped up he was coaching a lot of hot dogs and Kyle keep those he goes coach they gave them to me and I said come on let's go and we walked back to the concession stand and, and sure enough they said it was at the end of the track he said yeah oh. we just gave them to him so I'm like yes Kyle let's go yeah. Oh my gosh! Hey, uh, Mike. uh, You know, with with uh, this, there's so many different avenues kids can can dabble in the sports they're interested in. Um, I know through you know, especially summer AAU, um, mid cut during the school year or even in the summertime, kids have the opportunity to kind of test the waters uh, to see if track and fields for them, Uh, running, throwing, what have you. If a young person's interested in getting Getting into track and field nowadays, what's the easiest way to go about doing it? Uh, do they have to participate year-round? Um, what are the opportunities that are out there available for kids in track and field? I'll let you kind of put your uh, your ambassador hat on here a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's there's so many. I mean, it, it is a year-round event. You know, I mean, they can, they can participate in, you know, if, if somebody wants to start the school year in cross-country and then, they can do indoor track. There's a, you know, it's a club, it's a club sport in Michigan where they can do indoor track, and then outdoor track starts in March, right. and then there's summer AAU track in the sp- in the spring slash summer. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it it can go year round. I mean, they don't have to do it year round, but generally the ones that are really successful find a way to, you know, be involved in, in at least the three high school parts of it, and mm-hmm. and. And they have to do some summer training, you know, the, the summer training, you know, championships are made in July. Sure. Or, you know, in, in track, they're made in December and January. I mean, what kind of training and stuff you do then is going to determine how successful you'll be, you know, in, in, you in, the, in November for cross country and in June for track. So, Absolutely. Yeah, there, there are opportunities out there. Okay. Um, if, if the, if from there, if they love the sport, um, how do they get better at Mike through their teen years? Is it again? Is it just something athletically like you have to practice at it, or is there certain things, certain special camps or otherwise that you would recommend that they get into? You know, I mean, camps are great. I mean, because it, I think what it camps do, the main thing that camps do mm-hmm. is that once they get there, they realize that I have to work harder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's just a metaphor for life. I sure. mean, it's, it's, that's that's one of the things that we preach. Is like, if you can, like I tell our kids all the time, if you can do this, right. if you can come out here and do these practices, right. you can do algebra, you can do geometry, you can do biology, you can do anything you put your mind to, but it's just getting that mindset that I have to work harder. Mike, and, I know it can, that's what, I know it can yeah, happen right. in any sport, but in my experience, watching a, a kid can be an average track and field, especially track athlete, and they can become good if they put their mind to it. 
Absolutely. I mean, that's, that is, uh, I mean, it's probably the easiest because, I mean, you have to work extremely hard. Sure. The, the work that you have to put in is extremely hard. But that's true in any, other, any, any sport is that way. But mm-hmm. because track, cross country, swimming, wrestling, they're, they're kind of an individual sport. Right. Golf. Right. But, but, you know, the, you depend on yourself. But you also fit into the big picture as a team, and, and it's much—it's much more fun to win as a team. Mm-hmm. But you also can have that individual success if you're willing to put the work in. And, mm-hmm. and, and I tell a kid, if you're willing to just put an hour in a day, like mm-hmm. if someone could run for an hour a day, right? You're, you're going to be a superstar. Right. I mean, it, it, you really will. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. I talked to Gene once, LeBron, and, uh, you know, I remember Gene, you know, I, I would drive down Eaton Street in Albion, and I would see him out running at 9, 9.30 at night, you know, in July and August, and I'm sure, even though you were coaching him, know, I know you remember that, uh, or, or a number of other athletes, uh, they can be an average runner and become, and, and that's the beauty of track and field, and become... A, uh, a definitely above average, if not a phenomenal track athlete. And I'm sure you got a, a, a quickly a, a you know five to ten people you can name that were decent in their freshman sophomore year, but worked their tail off to get great. We well, you know so really just, and I hope I don't embarrass her, and I don't know if she'll mm-hmm. even hear this, but mm-hmm. Susan Miller, mm-hmm. Susan Miller graduated in Jean's class, mm-hmm. and she she came out as a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. And and I, and I can say this because Susan and I have talked about it. She was, mm-hmm. she was, uh, she was a heavy. She was overweight. Yep. And her first cross country race, she ran forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. Forty five minutes for a five k as a freshman. Yep. And then her senior year, she ran nineteen twenty seven, and it was all state. Yep. And that, that and that was over four. You know, just and, it, and it's her. That's that self determination and that part of. Of a, of a young lady, a young man figuring out that I, hey, I can do this, Absolutely. and I'm willing to put the work in. And she she went from you know she's still our school record holder in the four by eight relay. Mm-hmm. She ran with Mackenzie Pinkham and mm-hmm. Gary Soltis and Danielle Reisner. I mean, they still have the school record. In. You bet. So I mean, that that that's exactly what you what you're talking about. Someone who's willing to put the work in and and figure it out. They can they can become quite good. Mike, uh, talk to me a little bit about your involvement with AAU and, and MICA, at least from an, uh, if, are you on the boards? Are you an administrator of those those groups? What's your involvement with them? Well, you know, for the longest time I was, I worked with the Midwest Need of Champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie Janky, who's mm-hmm. a long-time coach at Jackson High, sure. he, he was on this um, committee that selected athletes for the Midwest Media Champions, which pits the best senior athletes from Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio, mm-hmm. and Michigan. Right. You know, this, this real nice track meet after the season's done in June. Mm-hmm. So I did that for a while, and then Charlie was also the head of the indoor track circuit, the, the MITS series, sure. so the Michigan Indoor Track. Sure. And he got out of that, and he, he asked me to do that, so I've actually been doing that for about 17, 18 years. Okay. Uh, I like the, the head director, one of the co-directors of the, the whole indoor track series for the state of Michigan. Yeah. So they, it's a club sport kind of a thing, and, and uh, we just organize the meets for the different colleges, the venues that put on the meets, and then we compile a list of sure. athletes that qualify for the state meet and run the state meet. So and that's, that's like, a pretty big undertaking, yeah. 
know, that, that runs through December through right. February. Right. U of M, uh, Michigan State, yeah. all, I mean, yeah, Grand State, Valley. Valley. Grand Valley, yeah, Hilldale. Sure. Sure. Nice. You know. And, you know, again, uh, that's an opportunity for kids. That's an opportunity for kids right. to see those venues, if they're especially juniors and seniors in high school, and if they're participating in those meets, those Mitka meets, and, and uh being able to see those venues and, and you know maybe kind of that carrot to get them to work a little bit harder to see the to uh, yeah. maybe something down oh, the road. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's I mean there's just great opportunities not only in the state of Michigan but they they can compete in you know there's there's a large meet in Kentucky at the yeah. University of uh, University of Kentucky. There's a national meet in New York City and mm-hmm. you know there, there's there's a large meet in Ohio. There's mm-hmm. one in Illinois. So yep. they, there's all kinds of opportunities for kids to get out and see things and again get that look that, that look yep. at the larger picture that you know hey I, I'm here yep. I'm competing but where do I want to fit on this whole scheme of you know mm-hmm. track and field or cross country mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about traveling it's a love of yours I know that um Anybody who's watched you on Facebook or otherwise knows that. Uh, you've had the opportunity. Let's talk about your, your teams and your athletes. You've had the opportunity to take some of your athletes to some pretty cool places. If I'm not mistaken, what, you, you went to the University of Louisville one year or some other places. You know, and really, again, kind of dovetails off of what we just got in talking about. Um, why is that important to you to do that with kids as far as exposure and get them out, out and about, not just here in Albion or mid-Michigan, but also getting them out in the Midwest and in the, in the nation and being able to see those venues? Yeah. Yeah, traveling is, that's one of my hobbies or passions that I'd love to do personally. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just because it kind of opens up your world and, and mm-hmm. you get to, there's that sense of adventure and that sense of wonder. You know, you hear about these places and then you actually get to see them. So, uh I don't know, it was a couple of years in at, at, at Albion High School, I, you know, and some of those kids, I taught history and mm-hmm. geography, and, you know, talked to a lot of the kids, like, where have you been? Mm-hmm. And some of those kids mm-hmm. have never been out of... Albion. You know, Albion. <laughs> yeah. Or definitely not Michigan. Like, yeah. they may have been to Lansing or Detroit, Kalamazoo, yep. but not getting out of Michigan. Some gone to Cedar Point, and that's about the extent of their, yep. their, their journey. So, you know, I said, you know what... <laughs> we can do something to help, you know, brothers. I couldn't do it for everybody. You know, for years at, at Elk and I did the EF educational tours where I took groups of kids to Europe. I did those like nine times or 10 times. Yeah. Took, you know, we had busloads, 40 people from Albion that went to, you know, on these trips to Europe. So those are the kind of things, but with cross country and track, um, with cross country, we've been to uh, 17 different states to run in a national wow. meet. You know, as far away as Washington, the state of Washington, we've been to California, Nevada, New Mexico, uh, Kentucky, Florida multiple times. They had the national, when, when no one takes the bid to host the cross-country national, it kind of refers back to Orlando, because mm-hmm. that's where the AAU headquarters is. So for about three or four years in a row, it was in Orlando. And I remember putting a young man on it, he'd never been on a plane before, and I had to sit with him. And, you know, I've never, never been out of the state, but he right. lies to, you know, right. and just the, just the look on his face was, awesome. you know, something I'll never forget. And, you, you know, being in Florida, and, and uh, it was, you know, so it, those are the kind of things that, you know, I see in my own personal <clears throat> travels, but I know kids will see it in theirs. And right. it, it just, you know, Gene LeBron was one of the first ones that uh, I took him to, and, and Brad Shedd went with me. We went to 
Boston, Massachusetts to run in the national meet. And he, you know, he was, you know, same mm-hmm. kind of thing. And now Shane is like a avid traveler. And, right. you know, he says part of it is because of, you know, doing those kind of things, you know. Yep. It's just, yep. it's an amazing experience. It's, it's the sense of wonder and the sense of adventure that, that really kind of, uh, and Jesse Hersha, San Diego, a couple years ago, right? Yeah, that was, you know, that was a dream for me. I mean, for Jesse, obviously, to sure. run in the Foot Locker Championships, you know, it's the yeah. 40 best cross country runners in the nation. And he did fairly and well. He, yeah, he placed the uh, 16th in the nation mm-hmm. out of forced runners, you know, mm-hmm. and, and was running with the leaders at, you know, at about two miles. But he, you know, just going to San Diego to see that race and just, uh, you know, again, he, you know, it, that's one of the things that that drove Jesse Herschel was how, you know, I, I want to be there. I want to see that. And, you know, now he's competing at Michigan State University and one of the, yeah. one of the best runners. So, let's, yeah. Jerry, let's talk about Jesse just for a moment because if I'm not mistaken, Jesse's first love was not running. It was basketball, correct? It was. It was. How did yeah. that happen? You know, I know his, his older brother played. Uh, Zach was like Zach was like six foot ten. Okay, I mean, Jesse's good size. Jesse's six four, six okay. five. Okay, right. You know, and, and Mark is good size. Sure. You know, Mark is six six four. So they, you know, I know he played uh, to his sophomore year. He played right. freshman and sophomore year, and then right. You know, but but Jesse was all state as a freshman, and you know. Kind of saw his potential. You know, I was still at Albion when that happened. And Cross, so, as Allstate, he was Allstate yeah, and Cross. Cross. Okay. Right. And in track, he did well, too. He was, you know, I don't think mm-hmm. he was Allstate his freshman year in track. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong on that. I'm not sure. Okay. But then, you know, sophomore year, he won the state as a sophomore in cross country. And, and then he, he did play basketball, but I think he really started to realize, you know, mm-hmm. he, he was going to be something special. I mm-hmm. mean, he, he really, really was. I mean, that... Those kind of guys like Jesse Hersha, Samantha Sine, yep. uh, Gene LeBron, those guys don't come around. You know, even my daughter, yep. you know, Amelia Bannister, Amelia. Tracy, mm-hmm. yep. yeah, they, yeah, they, they don't come around very often. And I just realized it. And, yep. You know, his junior year, it's a funny story because he and I, he and I, I was at Concord now his junior year, and he was talking. He says, "I may want to play basketball." And my point, my thing is always. Do what you have to do because if, if a coach talks you into doing something that you don't want to do, yeah. it's probably not going to work out very well. Right. So I suggest if you want to play basketball, go ahead. I mean, that, yep. that'd be good for you. It's, yep. But then Paul, Paul George had that gruesome that gruesome accident where he shattered his, uh, you know, his fibula and fibula, you know, snapped. And Jesse called me that night to I'm not playing basketball. I'm just going to yep. run. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that was part of it. It's just, and, and, you know, he, he did some amazing things. He went to New York City, you know, mm-hmm. to run the Nationals. Mm-hmm. Been all over the, San Diego for that footlock. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. You and your wife, Cheryl, just got back from a recent vacation in Europe, uh, Croatia and otherwise. How was that? You know, fantastic. I actually love those things. They, my son and my daughter-in-law, Chris and Lola, they, they went, and Laura, it's their first time to Europe, and, you know, they, they went on, they went on a 10-day thing where you went, they went from Prague to Munich mm-hmm. to Venice, mm-hmm. and then they flew home, and then Cheryl and I went down to Croatia, Montenegro, Albania, Bosnia, and Slovenia, so, like, you know, we, we extended another 10 days, and, 
Very nice. Went down. Oh, yeah, it was, you know, seeing those parts of the world, I mean, those were, our, I think, our 46th country that we've been to, in, you know, all over the world, so. Nice. Yeah, traveling is, is a fun part of life. That's, so, that's, so speaking of your family, I know you've got a couple grandkids, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Alice and Henry. Alice I knew of, but Henry's the other one, okay. Henry's going to be three in a couple weeks. Yeah, he's, he's something else. Both of them are. So does Alice have the, uh, does she have the genes? Is she going to be know, a runner? <laughs> she, she ran the girls on the run. <laughs> Leslie, my daughter, yep. Leslie Starkey. Yep. Uh, Aaron J.D. both teach at Sturgis Public Schools. Okay. And they, uh, Leslie ran the Girls on the Run program, which is basically for kids in third to fifth, yeah, third right. to sixth grade. Great program. Kind of thing. Yeah. Alice started, Alice did it this year as a kindergartner. Oh. And they they did a 5K run in, uh, where was it? It was down like uh, Decatur. Sure. It was Decatur, Decatur, Michigan. And for a kindergartner for a 5K, she ran 32 minutes. Nice. <laughs> so wow. She, she, yeah, she, and, you know, she'll run, like, just nonstop. She is, they both are, and Henry's going to be the same way. He just, they're just, like, full of energy. And Leslie still runs, not competitively, mm-hmm. but she runs every day. So yep. I can't see mom doing it. Yep. You know, dad's a strength and conditioning coach, so they, they go up and see kids working out all the time, and it just gets in your blood. Like, I know some of, uh, looking back over your career, some of your early, um, coaches and the, some of the early leaders. We touched on it with your coach at Concord there. Who are some of the, the people that you really, whether it be in track and field or not, that really played a part in the way you shaped yourself and the way you carry yourself as a teacher and a coach? Yeah. Um, well, definitely, you know, Chuck King. Yeah. You know, he was like that first influence. And then, and then um, uh, Al Widener was my basketball ah. coach in, in high school. Yeah. And, and I was a superintendent for a long time, yep. you know, and I don't know, I was, I was all state in basketball, so, I mean, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but Al was just a really good motivator. Both of them, Chuck and uh, Al, were just mm-hmm. tremendous motivators that, mm-hmm. that, that, that did things, and I just liked the way that Al carried himself and conducted himself. Uh, and then Dave Egnatuck. Uh-huh. Dave Egnatuck is, sure. you know, just without a doubt, you know, in, in college, just, you know, like, I think that day was the one, along with Hazel and, mm-hmm. and Frank Heidi, mm-hmm. you know, they, they really made me decide, like, you know, hey, this education, like, I, mm-hmm. is something I really would like to go into the way Dave just, sure. again, Dave built those relationships with everybody, you yeah. know, it didn't matter who they were, if, if it was somebody on the golf team or, you know, the fencing team, it doesn't matter, Dave Eckertuck was. Well, I'll tell you. There's two, yeah, two people you could have, you know, you couldn't have gone wrong modeling yourself after, and that was was uh, Dave and, and Mary Ann. So, yeah, yeah. Egnatuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Do you lean on them once in a while? Do you lean? Is there anybody you lean on still for advice, or do you, is it Dan Davis, or or do you ever, do you ever give anybody a call and say, hey, what do you think about this, this, and this, or? You know, for, for the real advice in my life, it's it's my wife Sarah. Yeah. I mean, if I'm ever, yeah. if there's yeah. ever. You know, I, I really do. She's, you know, I, I mean, Dave, yes, Dave, I, I yep. talk every now and then with Dave Agnetak. We, we, we touch on stuff and, you know, we stay in contact. Sure. But Dan Davis, Dan is, is definitely. Yeah. Between Dan and I, I mean, uh, I mean, it's just the way, 
I know there's so many stories that oh, we don't even have to be by each other, but kids try to kids try to play coaches off on each other, and it, it, I'd say it's a hundred percent of the time we would tell them the exact same thing. It is just it's it, scary, it, huh? We have, oh, it's, it's uncanny how 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 much we think alike. That very nice. Has it been that way yeah. since the beginning with you two? Yeah, you know, I met Dan in '97, and. I remember them pulling up. I was at the high school. His son was a great runner. Summer. Yeah. And they came up in the summer, and, and they were going to enroll Kevin and, and DJ. They yeah. were going to come to school there. And, you know, yeah. Kevin was, you know, multiple state champion, and now is a very successful coach at Ipsy Lincoln High School. Yeah. You know, Kevin. And, and so, anyways, and, and, you know, we just started talking, and, and you know, and, then, and actually there was a position that, that we were looking for an assistant coach, and then, you know, and I think when Dan took over, that that freed me up so much to deal mm-hmm. more with distance and field events. Yeah. That oh my goodness, I think that's when the track program really took. I mean, we were really good in the early nineties, and but, yeah. But you know, it's it was after Dan King that we really started to explode and take off. So, what's the future hold for Mike Jurasek? Short term, long term? What are we looking at here? Uh, yeah, what do you know, got going on I this still, year? Yeah, I still enjoy. I still enjoy, you know, working with young men and women. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, as long as Concord wants to keep you around, I think I'd probably stay there because it really is a good place. They they have a very caring staff. I mean, I, you know, that one of the differences, and you probably can attest to this, mm-hmm. but we don't need to mention any names, mm-hmm. but. There were teachers at Albion High School that probably mm-hmm. should not have been in education mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know I think some of them were hurtful to, to students. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I saw it, you know, and, and I called them out on it mm-hmm. multiple times, and we had other administrators do it. But uh, but at Concord, it, they they really have a very very caring staff and, and someone that's willing to work with people. So I, you know, as long as they're willing to keep me there, I'd like to stay there. Uh, you know, I I don't know, I mm-hmm. I still. Knock on wood, my health is still good. I'm still able to, to do just about anything I want to do. Yep. So, yep. yeah, who knows? Who knows uh, how long I'll be there? Like you said, you just never know. Yep. You know when your number's up, but I feel good about it right now. So I'll, I'll be kind of for a while. Awesome. Mike, I do this with every guest, and uh, I, I, I do. I, I, you know, I think you get the, you get uh, some unique answers out of people, and, and what I call would be the speed round or the, the quick one word response type questions. So, if you're game, I would like to ask you a couple. If we can, if we can dive into it here. Uh, Favorite Egypt. vacation destination spot? Egypt. Really? You've been there? Yeah. Why? We, Why? We, what is we it about it? Is it the history or what is it? Yeah, you know, both. We were there in 2011. So that, that the revolution in Egypt happened in January of 2011, and we were there mm-hmm. in June of mm-hmm. 2011. Wow. And people were saying, you're not going to go, are you? Yeah. And we did. There was, it was uh, me, my wife, mm-hmm. uh, Leslie, Chris, and mm-hmm. JD, mm-hmm. and, and there were so five of us, and... Um, Absolute hands down, the most interesting and really most friendly place I've ever been. You know, we've been to Africa a couple times, and we've been to uh, a number of uh, Muslim countries. And by far, hands down, without question, the nicest people in the world awesome. are are Muslim. And, and it's the history and 
had a tour guide there. Her name was Rasha, mm-hmm. Rasha Hamid. Mm-hmm. And so we're still friends today. We actually invited her to Chris's wedding, Chris and Laura's wedding. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't able to make it, but we're still friends. And, and we had a driver named Abud who nice. spoke very, I mean, the stories I could tell you from Egypt are just, are unbelievable. Very I mean, cool. Yeah, so it's the history and just the people make it uh, really, really a special place. Favorite track and field athlete of all time. I, I you know, I'm not, I, how should I say this? I have a few that are my own, you know, high school, Olympian, collegiate, or otherwise. Who is your favorite track and field athlete? Just the way they carry themselves, the way they performed? Can I, can I say my own kids? Yes. Chris and Leslie? Yes. 100%. <laughs> no, no, they, they, you know, actually, that, those years that Chris and Leslie were at Albion. And yeah. Me being able to coach them, that was probably the most enjoyable time of my life, yeah. just being able to coach them. But if, if we're talking about, you know, someone that on that big stage, yep. I would, you know, I would be amiss if I didn't say Carl Brown. Yeah. You know, just because Carl, you know, and Carl is like family, like I still stay in touch with him, and I, yep. I hope he hears this because he, you know, just the, the stuff that I was able to follow with him, and I learned a lot from Carl about the, the, the world circuit, you know, sure. and, 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 and that kind of yep. stuff. Uh, there, there are others. I mean, like uh, uh, Jerry Lindgren is somebody that I always refer to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that the work, his work ethic. Mm-hmm. That, there was a nurse kid that just, you know, willed himself to be good. Like, I, mm-hmm. I still tell the kids stories. Like, we always talk about uh, kids doing a long run. They have sure. to get a long run in. Sure. Jerry Jerry Lindgren's long run was 44 miles. Oh. Every Sunday he would run 44 miles. He would run the Mount Rainier and back. Oh. So you talk about work ethic, you wow. know. So that that's one of those guys that, yep. you know. Anyways, yeah. We've got about three minutes left here, Jer. So let's move this along. Um, Morning person or night owl? Uh, both, but more of a night owl. Got it. Favorite type of meal. Italian cuisine, Chinese. What do we like? Um, Chinese. There you go. Yep. Favorite track venue, high school, collegiate, that you just you enjoy going to because of the people, the scenery, the view, the track itself. What venue do you like to go to? Um, uh, a couple of them. Hayward Field. You know, in yep. Oregon, that was that's been fun to go to those meets just because of yep. the history. So yeah, leave it at that. Hey, we yep. What's your favorite to coach, Jer? Cross country or track? Damn, that's I, a tough one. All right, we'll call yeah. it a draw for now. How's that? Draw, draw. Last movie you watched? Uh, Ant Man. Ah, nice. Are you a, yeah. are you a reader or do you try to be? Yeah, I'm not an avid reader. My okay. wife is an avid reader, but I'm not an avid reader, but I do read. One word responses. Usain Bolt. Goat. <laughs> One or two words. Goat. like that. Nice. Nolan Mitchell. Nolan Bright Mitchell. Driven. Jesse Hersha. Driven. And let's wrap it up with this. Wasn't on the list, but... Mike Jurasek, one word, two words even, response. The luckiest man in the world. There we go. Awesome ending. 
Mike, it's been a pleasure. It's been more. I mean, yeah. l- literally, it's been more than a, um, than I can imagine. Thank you for your time. Good luck with the school year, and we will talk soon. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, you very much. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye.